Hey guys, good morning, happy new year. It's not, it's not too late to say happy new year, right? Third week, Jan, won't do it after this, you know. But yeah, it's good, it's great. I'm Pastor Fergus, I pastor the young adults in this church and the multimedia and comms ministry as well. For those of you who are raising your hands just now, right? Um, Good morning. It's good to see all of you guys. It's a privilege to be here um, so early in the year to be here to share with you um, not just God's Word, but to start to continue unpacking the vision that God has placed over this church for this year. Now, our vision for this year is together we follow Jesus. Everyone say with me, together we follow Jesus. Say it one more time, together we follow Jesus. Now, all of us want to follow Jesus this year, right? Who here doesn't want to follow Jesus? Don't raise your hands, right? Okay, we all want to follow Jesus this year. But you know what? If you really want to follow Jesus, it's going to have to look like something, right? It's going to become visible. So what does following Jesus look like? Well, number one, following Jesus means that you're going to have to obey Jesus, right? You're going to have to be obedient. You can't say, I'm a follower of Jesus, then every day you tentang Jesus. It doesn't work that way, right? Okay? So you got to be obedient to Jesus. Number two, you got to be reading your Bible and praying, right? Takan, you say, I'm following Jesus, but I don't want to listen to Him, and I don't want to spend time with Him. The Spirit disciplines must start to take root. Number three, if you're following Jesus, you got to live in a community, be accountable to it and grow in it, right? You got to have a community. That's why we've got cell groups. That's why the, that's why the theme is not called we follow Jesus. It's called together we follow Jesus, right? Number four, you got to have a good, you got to be a good testimony and have a testimony in your life, right? You got to be able to witness and be a witness for the good work of Jesus in your life. Number five, you got to serve. That's why in a few couple of, next week, next week, serve evolution, right? Get ready for it, right? You got to serve as an overflow, as an outflow of what, of the goodness God has put in you. And then number six, you're doing all five, you're reproducing it in someone else, right? You're reproducing it in one other person. This is how you know that this year you are following Jesus. But, but, as I be careful, please don't stress. Turn to the person next to you and say, don't stress. You know why? Because our senior pastor says, Lanka demi Lanka. Correct or not? Correct or not, right? So please don't stress. Lanka demi Lanka. And my first Lanka, I just want to zoom in on this one part here of your spiritual disciplines, your Bible reading, right? Your Bible reading. This year, we want to get hooked to the book. Amen? Amen. How many of you this year, 2019, you want to be hooked to the book? Yeah, yeah, I see all your hands. Turn to your neighbor next to you and say, Brother, are you hooked to the book? Right? Sister, are you hooked to the book? Turn, turn to the other person and say, Guess what? This year I'm hooked to the book. Right? This year I'm going to be hooked to the book. Man, I'm so excited to share with you because, because the whole thing around Bible reading is one of, my, one of my pet topics. I love talking about Bible reading. And I want to give you guys a challenge this year. You, who wants a challenge, right? That if you have never taken your Bible very seriously, this year you start taking it seriously. Amen? And if, you, and if you take your Bible seriously this year, you journey with someone to take the Bible seriously. And this is my challenge. You make this the first year where you really start taking your Bible seriously and start reading your Bible and devouring it. And in 10 years, in 10 years, this is going to be your brag, right? You're going to be bragging about, about how you've grown. This is your 10-year challenge, 2029, right? This is going to be you, right? Now, this, this little cup of milk here, this little bowl of milk, that, you know what that is? Verse of the day on you version, right? That, that's what you're reading now, right? Or one page a day of our daily bread, right? But man, in 10 years' time, you're going to be taking down 20 chapters of Leviticus, 20 chapters of 1 Corinthians, 20 chapters of, of Revelation. You're going to be killing it. Why? Because this year, you started to get hooked to the book. Amen. Amen. How many of you guys want this to be your brag in 10 years' time, right? I do. I do. I want to be awesome lion, right? I want to be awesome lion. Okay. We good. Are we good? Everybody say hook to the book. If you want to be hooked to the book, three things about you 
have to get hooked to the book. The first one is, my eyes have to be hooked to the book. Everyone say with me, eyes hooked to the book. The second one is this, your heart has to get hooked to the book. Say with me, heart, heart hooked to the book. And the third one is this, my habits hooked to the book. One, two, three, habits hooked to the book, right? This year, if you want to really get into the Bible, three parts of you need to experience this transforming power, your eyes, your heart, and your habits need to be handed over to Jesus for Him to transform you completely. Now, I want you to know this. This Bible is so precious. And it didn't come to us easily, right? It didn't come to us cheaply. Now, I want, I want to tell a few stories about the Bible because I love telling stories about the Bible. There was a time in history where if you read and owned a copy of the English Bible, you would be caught and killed you would be caught and killed. It was around that time that a giant of the faith called John Wycliffe, he came about and he entered into this space. Now, he was a learned man. And at that time, all the Bibles were written in Latin. And, and, and the powers, the religious powers of their day were corrupt and they were not allowing the Bible to be translated because guess what? If the Bible got translated, then people would read it for themselves and realize that the religious elites of the day were corrupt and were not living according to the word. They were unhinged from the book, right? But this man was hooked to the book, man. I tell you, this, this guy was so in love with his Bible. He knew Latin. He knew English because he's an Englishman. He started translating the Bible into English. The first English translation, this man. This man did it. And he did it at the risk of his life. They were trying to suppress his translation of the English Bible, but it started to spread. And when, when people started to read the Bible, they started to call out the error that was around them and they saw the way the religious elites were living and they said, hey, you know what? That's not how Jesus taught us. That's not what the early disciples did. That's wrong. We're going to call you out. Eventually, he died in the midst of persecution, right? John Wycliffe. But then, out of, out of the ashes rose one of his disciples. His name was Jan Hus, right? And Jan Hus continued the battle and brought it to a new level and he started questioning the religious powers of his saying that, hey, you know what? I'm going to challenge your sale of indulgence because it's not in the Bible. I'm going to challenge you for saying that, that the church rituals can save your soul. That's not in the Bible. I'm going to challenge your lavish, opulent lifestyle. That is not in the Bible. And they tried to make him recant. They caught him. They, they persecuted him and tried to make him take back everything he said. And you know what Yanhu said? Yanhu said this, if you can prove to me that your lifestyle is according to the Bible, okay? And what I'm teaching is not according to the Bible, okay? Prove to me I am wrong from the Bible. I will recant. But they can't, right? They can't. And you know what coward people do when they can't win an argument? They burn you at the stake. So they burn Jan Hus at the stake. And 100 years later, out came Martin Luther, another man who said virtually the same words as Jan Hus, nailed his thesis on the door of the church and said, you know what? We reject your indulgences. We reject your indulgent lifestyle. We reject all these teachings that church rituals can save your soul. No, only, only by faith in Jesus Christ can we be saved. Why? Because I'm hooked to the book and I've been reading this and I can tell, I'm going to call you out that you've been teaching the Bible wrong. And Martin Luther was caught and tried. And you know what he said? They told him, recant. We give you one last chance to recant. He said, I will not recant because if you can prove to me by the Bible that I'm wrong, then I'll recant. They said, recant anyway. You know what he said? can't. My conscience is captive to the Word of God. I cannot recant anything because I cannot go against my conscience. It is neither safe nor honest to go against my conscience. Here I stand. God, help me. I can do nothing else. Amen. And with that, they sentenced him as a heretic. Man, I want to tell you this. This Bible did not come to us cheap. People had to go into hiding. People had their lives killed. People had to, had, had to suffer persecution so that you can today carry an English Bible with you to church. Own it and read it. Amen. Amen. Are you, you feel precious? Do you feel that this is precious? Can you have, bring out your Bibles and hold it? It's precious. Amen. 
By the way, those three stories are, are retold, actually told from church history. So if you saw the ad just now on church history, uh, we teach this at church history. It's so amazing to see the giants of our faith and their lives being retold. You know, in, a, in China, there was a missionary who, who was brought to this small village, right? This is a YouTube video of it. He was brought to this small village and brought from the village into, a, into kind of like a little building, a small room. And it was packed, sub-zero degrees, standing capacity only. The, the preacher had his back against the wall. And if he stretched his hand out, he would touch the first person. That's how packed it was, right? And then his host came to him and he said, can you preach from 8.30 till 7? Sorry, what? You mean 7.30 to 8, right? No, no, no. 8.30, 7, 8.30 in the morning till 7 at night. And I was like, well, okay, okay, I'll preach 8.30 to 7. And then they sheepishly asked him, can you do it again tomorrow? He's like, well, okay. Then they very politely say, if possible, can you do it for a third day as well? It's like, yes, okay, okay, I will. But it's very long. Do you want me to take breaks? They said, if possible, can you not take breaks? <laughs> Pastor Chiu, you want to preach like that? You want to preach? You want to go to China, Pastor Chiu? We go together, Pastor Chiu. Yeah, 8.30 to 7, three days in a row, no breaks. And then he thought, no breaks, three days in a row, 8.30 to 7. And then he asked them, what should I preach? You know what they said? Everything. From Genesis to Revelation. And then it hit him. This church has no access to the Bible. That's why they wanted him to preach so much. Morning till night, no breaks if possible. Why? Because they had no access to the Bible. But you know what? In their hearts, in their hearts, they were already hooked to the book, right? And they wanted so much of the Word. There was such a hunger in them. Come on, friends. Come on, friends, this year, are we going to take the Bible seriously? Yeah, up in the balcony. Balcony, are we going to take the Bible seriously this year? Yeah, yeah. So if we're going to take the Bible seriously, then the first thing is our eyes have to get hooked to the book. Amen? Now, I was reading my Bible in preparation for today, and I saw in Psalm 119 so much Beautiful verses about the Bible, right? Psalm 119, verse 1. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with all their whole heart, right? Verse 9. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it, how? According to your word. With my whole heart, I seek you, right? Let me not wander from your commandments. And on and on it went. And I read and I landed on verse 18. How many of you want to see Psalm 119 verse 18? It was stunning to me. It says this, Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. Open my eyes. Now just rest on this for a moment and ask yourself some questions. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. Do you know what this means, friends? It means that there is a way of reading your Bible where you don't see wonderful things in His law. There is a way of reading your Bible where you open it and you don't say this as a prayer, meaning your eyes are open, but your eyes are not actually open. The spiritual eyes are closed and there is a blindness to your Bible reading. And when you read it, it is boring. You don't see it as wonderful. You don't see it as precious. You don't see it as awesome. You don't see it as beautiful. Which is why the psalmist has to pray this prayer. God, open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. Because if you don't open my eyes and I just open my own eyes and I look into my Bible, I don't see wonderful things in your law. I just see law. Do you see where this is going? God has a decisive work in waking you up so that your eyes see. 
Your eyes see beauty, but this is not just for his favorites. If you call upon him and make 119.18 your prayer, every morning before you read your Bible, as you open the Bible, you say, God, today, open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. He will open your eyes. And when you look into your Bible, it will be beautiful. It will not be boring. It will be beautiful. Amen. Who wants to open the Bible and see beauty in it? Amen? Amen? I know I do. I know I do because there are days when I open my, my Bible and I don't see beauty in it and it's dry as dust. And I can tell you it's a fruitful exercise in trying to read your Bible without having your eyes open and your spiritual hearts keen to see Jesus. Amen? Is your Bible reading beautiful or boring? Is your Bible reading beautiful or boring? Pray as you read your Bible. Amen? First lesson, first lesson for your Bible to be hooked to the book this year, read your Bible prayerfully. Memorize verse 18. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. Can we do this? SIBKL, can we do this? Can we do this? Father, I pray that even right now you open all our eyes so that as you hear your word being preached, it will not be heavy, but it will be beautiful and alive today, Father God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, God's going to do a work to open your eyes, but there is another thing that we all have to do in order to be hooked to the book this year, that we have to turn our eyes away from worthless things, right? And he says this, God, turn my eyes away from worthless things. And for some of us, that worthless thing is going to be our computers, our Korean series. For some of us, that worthless thing is going to be working extra, 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 extra at night, right? Or some of us, that, that worthless thing is going to be your Instagram feed or your stories or something like that. For some of us, that worthless thing is going to be your Shopee or your Lazada, right? I don't bluff, are you laughing, right? Turn my eyes away from worthless things. To what? To look at the book. To be hooked to the book. Amen. Amen. Now, we say we want to follow Jesus, okay? Every time you hear this word follow, it actually conjures two pictures. Who wants to know these two pictures? First, is a picture of imitation. Then, it's a picture of invitation. The first one is this. Imitation. What Jesus does, I do. Everybody says, what he does, I do. That's follow Jesus, what he does, I do. The second picture of following Jesus is this. It's an invitation. Where he goes, I follow. That's following Jesus. Everybody says, where he goes, I follow. If you want to follow Jesus this year, you got to get your eyes onto Jesus. Now, friends, have you ever been in a convoy driving into an unfamiliar place? Right? You've driven behind someone's car, they're leading you. Now, if you are going into an unfamiliar place in a convoy, you know how important it is to keep your eye on the car in front of you, right? Because guess what? If, if you don't, and then suddenly a lorry comes in between you, then you're like, whoa, whoa, where are they, right? And then two lorries come between you. Then a cement mixer comes in between you. And then you're like, finish, right? Well, I can't see. And then you take your eyes off them because you're wondering what's going on. And they've made a left. And because your eyes are not on the car in front of you, five minutes later, you're going like, hey, what's going on, huh? Where's everybody? And you're high and dry. You're all alone. The same applies to following Jesus. If you want to follow Jesus all the way through till December this year, you've got to keep your eyes on Jesus. And no better place to keep his, your eyes on to know Jesus and to follow him than in the Bible. Stay on your Bible this year. Amen? Amen. Friends, if you want to get hooked to the book, first one, get your eyes hooked to the book. Amen. Amen. Are we good? Are we good? Next one is this. Get your heart hooked to the book. Everybody say, my heart hooked to the book. I'm going to drink a bit of water and I'm going to show you this verse. Everybody read this verse with me. One, two, three. Wow. What a word is this. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. And what's this? Ten, ten verses down. My soul is consumed with longing for your loss at what? All times. All times. This is the role models in the Bible for loving the word of God. And I say, 
If ever I feel like I need some inspiration and I need a role model for people who love the law, I'm going to go to my Bible. I'm going to go to Psalm 119. I'm going to read because this is the kind of guy I want to follow, right? Like, wow, I love the law so much. My favorite is this. Psalm 63, King David says, I lie awake at night, in the watches of the night, I lie awake thinking about you. Wow, how many of you, you lie awake in the watches of the night thinking about Jesus? I don't know, man. For me, if I lie awake at night, it's because I'm worrying about something. Either that, if not, I'm, I'm, I'm asleep, right? Or I'm watching football, right? Um, I don't know about you, but I, that inspires me. But for some of you, for some of you, this doesn't inspire you. In fact, this stresses you out, right? You see this kind of role modeling and you go like... Wow, you know what, Pastor, I think this is for you guys. I don't think I'll ever love the Bible the way you all love the Bible, you know. Or I don't think I can ever uh, be so passionate about the Word and about the law the way King David is. You know, you guys just, you guys just go ahead. You guys just go ahead. I'm fine. I'm fine here. I'll, 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 I'll read one verse a day, you know, in, in, in my U version. That, that's that's going to be enough for me for the rest of my life, right? No harm starting there, but sometimes these things make us feel like, I can't reach too far. You set the bar too high, I can't keep up, right? Now, here's the thing. I know what that feels like, okay? And because of that, I want you to see that your heart can get hooked to the book with a few things you can do that I want to guide you in. Can I guide you into this today, right? Firstly, read your Bible to know Jesus. Read it to know Him. Then you're going to say, Hey, Pastor, where God like that one? I thought everybody read the Bible to know Jesus. No, that's not true, right? A lot of people read the Bible not to know Jesus, right? If you're an academic and a historian, you might be reading the Bible, especially if you say you're, you're a professor teaching some history, some biblical history thing in a secular university. You might be reading your Bible for historical things, right? Not to know Jesus. If you, there, is a, there is an apologist of a neighboring faith. His name is Zakeh Knight. Zakir Nayat knows the Bible inside out. Man, he can debate Bible with you back and forth. He, he, the, the, his Bible verses just come bum, 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 bum at you, right? But I tell you what, when Zakir Nayat reads his Bible, he doesn't read it to know Jesus. He reads it to find ammunition, to argue with Christians. And I pray, my prayer is that when Zakir Nayat opens his Bible, that, that, he, that God will open his eyes so that he can see wonderful things in the law. That's my prayer for him, Right? And then you can read your Bible to fulfill an obligation, right? So that, yeah, yeah, I want to finish the Bible in one year. You know, and you're not reading it to know Jesus. Friends, get hooked to the book. Read it to know Jesus. That is the most important thing. After all, after all, doesn't he say in John chapter 17, in the high priestly prayer, he says this, what is eternal life, friends? Eternal life is this, that you may know the God, you may know God, the one true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent, right? This is eternal life, that you know the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Man, I want to know Jesus this year. I want to know Jesus this year. You know, when I was a fresh grad and a young Christian, I came back to Malaysia and, and before long, I heard this song by this guy called Rufus Wainwright. It's not a Christian song, okay? I heard this song by this guy called Rufus Wainwright called One Man Guy. And the song opens with these words. The song opens with these words. It says, people will know when they see this show the kind of a guy I am. They'll recognize just what I stand for and what I just can't stand. And I thought, as a young Christian, huh, this sounds like the Bible. This sounds like the relationship between God and the Bible. As if God was saying that, Fergus, people will know when they read this book, the kind of a God I am. They'll recognize just what I stand for and what I just can't stand. And I took that seriously. I started reading my Bible seriously. And as I read the Bible, I started to realize and learn what God stands for. I realized and I learned that God stands for the widow. He stands for the orphan. He stands for the foreigner in our midst. That He stands for justice. He stands for His holiness. He stands for a lifestyle that is yielded to Him and not trying to fight ourselves. But He stands for, he stands for people who love His law, right? And I learned what he doesn't stand for, what he can't stand. You know what he can't stand? People who do business and cheat each other. People who do business with uneven weights. You know, people who, who, who oppress the poor. He can't stand that. I discovered that he can't stand people. He can't stand it when we repair his grace and mercy with neglect. Can I say that one more time? I learned that he cannot stand it 
when we repay his grace and mercy by neglecting him and stepping away from a relationship with him. Friends, read your Bible to know Jesus. You want to get hope to the book, read your Bible to know Jesus. And the next one is this. It comes together, by the way. As long as you're reading your Bible to know Jesus, you'll be reading your Bible to obey Jesus. You can't have one without the other, right? It's like coffee and coffee maker. You can't have them without the other, right? Read your Bible to obey Him. After all, does He not say in His Word that everyone who hears these words of mine puts them into practice? will be like the wise man who built his house on the rock. Meaning, if you hear his word and you don't put it into practice, bro, you're living on sand. When the rains fall, the floods go up, you crash. Because why? You didn't put it into practice. This is Matthew chapter 7. At the end of Matthew at 28, he says this, Go into all the world, make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey. Obey what? Everything I've commanded you. Obey everything I've commanded you. This is His word over us. So, so this year, read your Bible to know Jesus. Read your Bible to obey Jesus. And here's the next thing, right? Let the Bible read you back. When you are reading the Bible to know Him, and when you are reading the Bible to obey Him, the Bible is going to read you back. It's going to sift through your life and process you and reveal back to you, Hey, Fergus, this this, these are the thoughts in your heart that I don't quite like. And I want you to see this. Fergus, these are your ambitions, and some of them are holy, and some of them are carnal. Fergus, I want you to see this. Fergus, these are the parts of your life. It's a blind spot. I want you to see this, and I want to heal you from this. Can I heal you from this, Fergus? And then he's going to read me back. Why? Because I read the Bible to know him. I read the Bible to obey him, and, I, and then the Bible reads me back. Amen. Who wants the Bible to read them back? This one's a bit scarier, right? But you raise your hands anyway, right? Right? Now, I know what some of you are saying at this point. I know, I know, because I hear it a lot. You're saying, sorry, la pastor. I'm not the reading kind. I cannot read one. I cannot read one. I read, I sure sleep one, you know? Boring. I find reading very boring, pastor. I don't, 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 don't ask me to read the Bible, right? Now, now I've got two responses. One is 95% of my system wants to say, bro, no choice. God did not leave us a mobile game, right? He left us a book. So you have no choice. You've got to read the book, right? He left it in a book. You've got to read the book. You can't say reading is boring. But then 5% of me says, don't laugh, Fergus. Be gracious. Restrain yourself. Restrain yourself, okay? Okay? And then that 5% says, okay, bro, Okay, bro, I'll tell you what, I'll find a solution for you, right? Because these days, by God's grace, there are audio Bibles, right? There are audio Bibles. It's a recording of someone reading the Bible to you, right? It's so good. In fact, it's on you version. So you pull it up and you press play and it plays. In fact, let me up this by one more, right? There is the James Earl Jones reading you King James Version, right? Come on, bro. James Earl Jones, man, this is Darth Vader reading you the Bible Apalagichinamau, right? Come on. And then, and then you say, okay, now, pastor, I try, I try. And then you go away, you come back and you say, sorry, la, pastor, Cannot lie, boring lie, boring, cannot lie, I can't do this, you know. Um, I say, why, why? I think I cannot learn through hearing lie. I think I'm a visual learner lie, pastor. I'm a visual learner. I'm like, <laughs> okay, bro, 5% say, oh, 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 hold back, Fergus, be gracious. Okay, okay, I'll tell you what, bro, I find something for you. I find you visual Bible. If you're a visual learner, I find visual Bible, Okay. There is four hours and 18 minutes of the Gospel of Matthew told through film on YouTube. It's free for you to, and, and I browsed it, I, I went through it, right? This is a clip from the Sermon on the Mount, right? And if you're a younger viewer, it might feel a little bit dated, but I, I was watching it, and it's actually quite good, right? Because I wasn't watching it as a movie, I was watching it as the Bible enacted visually. And I quite enjoyed it. So bro, bro, here it is, right? Gospel of Matthew, I give you, and, and there are other visual Bibles online as well. So, 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 so you go away, lah. and then a few weeks later, you come back and say, Pastor, cannot lah, 
Boring lah. Boring. I can't do this. Yeah, I fall asleep lah. Yeah, cannot very wooden lah. Cannot lah. Yeah. You know what? You know what? At this point, you know what I want to say, bro. Can I call your bluff? Can I call your bluff lovingly? Can I call your bluff? You don't have a bottom problem. Maybe what you have is an affection problem. Maybe what you have is not a bottom problem. Maybe what you have is an affection problem. Because guess what, bro? If you, f- if you fall in love with a girl right now, now, husbands, you can't fall in love with a girl right now, okay? You can't, right? You just can't, right? So you got to fall in love with your wife all over again, right? But, but I'm guessing you already do, so that's good. Uh, bro, if you fall in love with a girl right now and you went to her Instagram account and, and you found that it's a private account, so you click um, request, right? And then, ping, it comes back later and you're granted access. You'll be reading where you're scrolling and reading every single thing about her for the last six years, right? You'll, you'll be reading everything about her, right? And then guess what? At the end of reading six years' worth of Instagram posts, you get a notification and it says, she followed you back. Come on, score. Come on, score, right? And you know what? You spend the next half of the day reading everything on your timeline, you know, just to make sure that everything is good, right? So, ah, come on. You know this, right? Bro, maybe what you have is not a bottom problem because I think you can read quite well. I think when you love something enough, you can read it good. Friends, this year, get your heart hooked to the book. Amen? Amen. Are we good? Are we good? And one last one. One last one, and with this, we'll close. Get your habits hooked to the book. Now, I want to be super practical here. Can I be super practical? Not very preachy, but super practical with you, okay? Because if we want to get our habits hooked to the book, it involves our lives, our daily routines and everything. Okay, I want to show you this, right? I want to show you this. A few things you're going to do to get your daily routines hooked to the book. Number one is when you read your Bible, start asking questions. Now, I know Malaysian culture, we're not that big on asking questions, right? Because, I, I mean, I grew up in a, in a, in a Hokkien Teochew kind of home, and I, and I, and I remember hearing they say, right? Uh, uh, right, right? Uh, little children got ears, no mouth, right? So, so stop bothering us with all your talk, right? And sometimes we think that asking questions is, uh, is, it, it, it creates problems for people. After all, right? It, when, when our adults say, uh, we say, uh, right? No questions, no problems, right? Sometimes it's a little bit like that. So, no, you can't. Because after all, it is our own deputy senior pastor, Pastor Lee Chu, who says, there are no stupid questions, right? Who, who, who wants to finish that line for me? There are no stupid questions. Only stupid people don't ask questions, right? Pastor Lee Chu always says that. And I grew up uh, in this church with her saying that to me over and over again. Fergus, there are no stupid questions. Only stupid people don't ask questions. So, I, so I've learned that, right? So I don't believe that Gina Ohibotu, right? I believe that, that I'm going to ask questions. So how does it work? How does asking questions when you read your Bible work? I'm going to show you. I'm going to demo to you, okay? Now, we all know Psalm 23. Okay, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Okay, now you're going to start asking questions of this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Huh? He's my shepherd. If he's my shepherd, does that mean I'm his sheep? Simple question, man, no stupid question, right? Okay, if he's my shepherd, does it mean that I'm his sheep? Actually, if I'm his sheep, right, then what are the characteristics of a sheep? Is it a sheep needy? Yeah, sheep are quite needy. Are they fearful and jittery? Yeah, yeah, very, you know. Uh, not very smart compared to the shepherd. Oh, yeah, 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 sheep are not very smart compared to the shepherd. Uh, uh, are sheep stubborn? Yeah. Oh, does the Bible, is the Bible trying to say I'm stubborn? You're trying to say I'm stubborn, right? right? Um, am I all these things? Yeah, am I? Am I? I'm starting to ask myself. Actually, what does, what does I shall not want mean? Huh? Does it mean I'll lack nothing? Actually, how does a shepherd help me to not lack nothing, right? He's your shepherd only, what? He's not like, he's not like you know, um, he's not like Bill Gates or, or you know, uh, maybe those guys can help me lack nothing. He's just a shepherd. How can a shepherd help me not lack anything? Actually, I've never treated Jesus like my shepherd. If I've never treated Jesus like my shepherd, so how? Is he still my shepherd? Am I still his sheep? 
Actually, I quite like the later part uh, where it says that, that he will walk with me through the valley of shadow of death. Actually, I like that part. But this starting part, I'm not his shepherd, he's not my shepherd at all. So how does Psalm 23 still apply to me? Does it work? You know, then I ask myself, actually, can you be a Christian and not have Jesus as your shepherd? Can or not? You know, in fact, can like that one? Huh? How? If Jesus isn't my shepherd, then who is he to me? One verse. You're already asking yourself all these questions, right? Let's go to the next verse. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Actually, what's this green pasture? Huh? What's this green pasture? Huh? And why must I lie down in it? Huh? Maybe I don't want to lie. Maybe I don't want to lie down. Huh? Right? Is it food? This green pasture, is it food? Is it, is it rest? Is it both? Oh, maybe it's my Bible reading. Oh, I die. Or if it's my Bible reading, then maybe I don't want to lie down in it. Right? How? Actually, why does he have to make me lie down, right? It was so weird, oh. God make me lie down in grace pasture. Oh. I thought green pasture very nice. I thought I, I may want to lie down. How come you must say, I make you lie down, right? Actually, how come I don't want to lie down? Huh? Maybe it's because I'd rather be on Netflix and I don't want to lie down. And then how? And then how, right? Actually, what's this next one? Actually, how does he make me lie down? He's going to make you like that. How does he do it, right? Does he use force, you know? And does he, when he uses force, does, is it, is, is, does he ever use so much force that it actually doesn't justify, uh, uh, the ends don't justify the means, meaning that if he wants me to rest, and then he's going to use force, rest, rest, you know? And then I super don't feel rested. Does it ever be like that? Or is he very gentle? Die, rest, you know? Come, die, rest. Is it like that? What does it mean? Scripture, observation application, prayer, S-O-A-P, and you'll be washed by the word, right? It's going to be so good. Scripture, observation, ask questions, make observations about the word, about yourself, and then learn what, actually, what's God trying to say to me? Actually, oh, actually, I think he's not my shepherd, Lord. I think I'm my own shepherd, Lord. That's why I don't want to lie down because I want to call the shots when I lie down, when I don't lie down, what grass I want to eat, what grass I don't want to eat. Actually, if I must be very honest, right, I'm my own shepherd. And the next question I have to ask myself, if I'm my own shepherd, right, who's going to lead me through the valley of shadow of death? I'm alone, you're the one. You're the one. Who's going to fill my cup until it overflows? Nobody, myself. But I can't, I'm not very good at that. So how? I think I need Jesus as my shepherd. I think I need him to be my shepherd. Actually, Jesus, the next time you ask me to lie down, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to lie down. And then you pray, S-O-A-P, right? Jesus, the next time you ask me to lie down, I promise you, I'll lie down. I'll lie down. And I'll rest. I'll read your word. I'll read your word and take it seriously. I will feed on that grass and I will follow you. I'll follow you. And today I want to say you're my shepherd. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen? Amen? Two verses, dudes. It's two verses of Psalm 23, right? And you've already started yourself on a journey of life transformation, right? So that's it. That's, what, that's one of the, f- the first thing, right? Really, you want to have your habits hooked to the book, right? Ask questions. Do S-O-A-P when you read your Bible. The next one is this. Have a plan and have a pattern. I'm going to start with pattern first, okay? Now, well, what I mean when I say have a plan and have a pattern, you got to have a pattern to your daily Bible reading, okay? So, which means that you got to have a fixed time when you read your Bible. Fix a time. Don't just read your Bible, oh, whenever sukahati, then you read your Bible. You will never read your Bible like that, okay? Fix a time and read it. Now, I want to say this to you as we were worshipping just now. God said to me, Fergus, if I gave you 240,000 ringgit every month, and I told you 230,000, you can spend it however you like, but 100,000, I decide how you spend it because I am funding you. Would you give, you, would you give me that, that 100,000 so that uh, you're not even giving me, uh, I get to tell you how to spend it, can or not? Fair deal? I'll be like, whoa, dude, fair deal, right? Okay, I didn't say do it to God. I said, okay, God, fair deal, right? And he said, Fergus, tell my people. I gave them 24 hours a day. They can do whatever they want with their 23 hours, one hour, tied it back to me. Fair deal, SIBKL? Can we do that? Can we do that this year? One hour, give it back to Jesus. Give it back to Jesus to get to know Him, to obey Him. Can we do this? Praise Jesus. Have a pattern. Set one hour aside a day to read your Bible. I'm going to go one step further. Fix the place you read. 
in your house, choose a well-lit place, a comfortable place, a tidy place, a place without distractions. Go there every day and read, right? Fix a place to read. And can I say this? When you are doing your serious Bible reading, okay, as if there's a non-serious Bible reading, right? Um, when you're doing your serious Bible reading, read it off a book, okay? Now, I'm not anti-digital Bible, okay? I'm not because I've got two Bible apps on my phone and I've got, I've got like Bible apps on my computer as well. But I tell you what, when you put this at 7 o'clock in the morning in front of you and your phone next to you and you put Bible versus WhatsApp messages, WhatsApp always wins, and when you put Bible next to, hey, how many people like my post on Instagram since last night when I went to bed? Instagram always wins. And when you put Bible next to Shopee and Lazada, new deals since last night, Lazada and Shopee always win, right? Come on, you know this? You know what? I'm super practical here, right? Come on, y'all don't believe me? Nervous laughter. It means you know. It means you know that you've scrolled through your phone Bible and then a notification pops up and you've been distracted by it before. Come on, lah, guys. Come on, guys. You know, just buy a Bible. Just buy a Bible. I'm not, I'm not anti-digital Bible. I read that when I'm on the go. And I love my digital Bible because, because I get to read it on the go. And, and I, read it, I bring it to my bathroom, right? That, 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 that's, what, that, that's the best part, right? So, so have a digital Bible. Read it while you're on the run. And have a hard copy Bible because you know what? Then your eyes will really be hooked to the book, right? And you won't be like, distracted by 100 different things. I know. And I think we should be very honest with ourselves about the things that can distract us. Don't, don't, don't put yourself in a place where you have no fighting chance. Yeah. Don't give yourself no fighting chance. Give yourself a fighting chance. Go get a Bible and, and read that, sit down, read it in a well-lit place, comfortable, with no distractions. Can we do that this year? Amen? And one last thing. Okay, sorry, by the way, the plan. Okay, I, some, there are lots of great Bible reading plans out there. Go for it, right? Go for it. Um, but I will print a, dig, a, a hard copy so I can put it into my hard copy Bible so I don't have to use an app to check my Bible reading plan, right? That's just one thing. But for those of you who have no Bible reading plan and you don't really know where to go, I have created a Bible reading plan for you, right? And it's on the SIBKL website right now. You just hit the SIBKL.org.my. You just scroll a little bit. You will see this visual. It says that here's a Bible Bible reading plan where you will clear books quickly, space out the different genres, segmentize the longest books, have break days every week. You got to have break days, yeah? Okay, if not, you miss one day, then you got to read two times the amount, then, then you'll get disappointed and you feel discouraged. Have break days, finish the whole Bible in a year, plus the four Gospels, Acts and Romans twice in a year, right? I did this last year, I finished the whole Bible uh, um, in a year, plus Gospels, Acts and Romans twice in a year. It can be done. How? Get hooked to the book, get all the right habits in place so that this year will be the year you read your Bible through. Amen? Amen? So just go and download it, read all the little details from it. It's, it's there, okay? The PDF is right there. Just pull out your phones and do it now, okay? But the last point is this. Don't despair if you don't remember anything from the, all your reading, right? So now you're putting away three chapters, five chapters, ten chapters, and then by lunchtime, you're going like, actually, what did I read today? Huh? I can't remember a single thing, okay? Now, here's what you should do. When you read your Bible, just pick out one line. Just pick out one life-filled line, one salvation-drenched line, and chew on it all day. Like today, my word is, is open up my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. And I'm resting on that. I've been chewing on that for the last three days, right? Don't despair if you don't remember the rest. I'll tell you why. I'll give you one last illustration and then I'll close, right? In December, I was reading the book of Revelation. And you will know the book of Revelation, like, you know, some things will jump out. So I tell you what jumped out at me. The girl with the book that jumped out, the harlot of Babylon that jumped out, the letters to the churches jumped out, and then New Jerusalem jumped out, right? So these things jumped out, nothing else jumped out. So, so kind of like the rest of Revelation just kind of like, kind of like it was like a mist, okay? It just fell on me and I don't know what happened to it, right? And then this past Tuesday... At Staff Refresh, Pastor Chu, okay? Um, at Staff Refresh, there we were worshipping, and, and the worship team sings, Worthy is the Lamb. 
Worthy is the Lamb seated on the throne. And I was worshiping, and I suddenly went, Hey, I know this song. I know this song. Well, well of course, lah, you know this song. It's worthy is the Lamb, right? No, 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 no. I didn't know this song musically. What I meant was, Hey, I know this song biblically. It's from Revelation. It's when the 12 elders fell before the throne of God and sang, Worthy is the Lamb seated on the throne. It's from the Bible. So halfway through worship, I pulled out my Bible and I flipped to Revelation and I saw these words, right? It says here, then, come, can we have it on the screen, right? It says, Then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders, the voice, are there, the elders are there, right? And the elders, the voice of many angels, numbering myriad of myriads, thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom, might, honor, glory, and blessing. Now, I don't remember reading this in Revelation. It was like a mist. It just came by me. But it was stored. You know why? Because Psalm 119 says that I have stored up your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. So it's in there. I don't realize it's there, but it's there. So don't despair if you read the Bible and you don't realize what's going on. So there I was at our staff devo, right? Everyone's worshipping and I'm here reading. Oh, then started already, right? Worthy is the lamb to receive, just take the first two, power and wealth. Why is the lamb worthy eh, of power and wealth? You know, you mean um, other people not worthy of power and wealth, man? A lot of rich people, man. You mean they are not worthy of their power? You, a lot of powerful people, man. You mean they are not worthy of their power or their wealth? How come, man? Huh? And then there, the worship team was saying, Crown you now with many crowns. You reign victorious. And there I was asking myself, actually, uh, what does it mean to be worthy of wealth? What does it mean to be worthy of power? So there was the song. And then there was the word. And those two things were talking to each other already. And then suddenly I realized, hey, Pastor Chu is sharing the, the Devo already, you know. So Pastor Chu was sharing. And there I was, um, half of me is trying to pretend like I'm paying attention to Pastor Chu. And the other half is like journaling this in my, in my notebook. And I'm like, what's going on, you know? Well, what, what does it mean to be worthy, you know, of wealth? What does it mean to be worthy of power, blah, blah, blah. And then suddenly Pastor Chu, at his ending of his, so I clearly didn't hear him, right? But at the ending of his Devo, he says this, church, staff, this year we're going to plunder the enemy. I was like, booms. This year we're going to what? This year we're going to plunder the enemy. I was like, the song, worthy is the lamb. Only he is worthy. The word, the word, what does it say? Only you are worthy of wealth and of power. Pastor Chiu in a sermon said, this year we're going to plunder the enemy. And then it all came together. Everything started talking to each other. And, I, and God started saying to me, Fergus, this year, the enemy has been keeping wealth and power. But the enemy is not worthy of it because the enemy is not doing good things with that wealth and power. So this year, we're going to plunder all that wealth and power back. And then the Lord said to me, Fergus, the enemy has been holding souls. He's been holding souls in captivity. But the enemy is not worthy of souls. This year, we plunder the enemy from souls. You know why? Because worthy alone is the lamb to have wealth, power, glory, might, wisdom, and, and, and honor, right? And then I realized, wow, God, thank you so much. This year, I'm going to be part, we're going to be plundering the, the, the kingdom of hell for souls. Why? Because hell's not worthy. Satan's not worthy of being a custodian of these souls. Only Jesus is worthy. Amen. And then you see song, song lyrics, Bible reading, which you didn't remember back. You know what happened? You know why all these things started talking to each other? Because back in December, I was hooked to the book. Amen. So don't despair if all your Bible reading seems to go nowhere. Amen? But this year, open that God open our eyes that we may see wonderful things in His Word. And then let us, let, let us be hooked in our eyes, in our hearts, in our habits to the book, to Jesus revealed for us so that we, when we open up the Bibles, we see glory, glory as of the only Son sent by the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. Let's close our eyes. And I want to pray with all of us. Please, no one leaving the place wherever possible. I really am trying to finish this on time. Father, I just pray, Lord God, that you create an atmosphere in this church that loves the Bible, that longs for you. And when we open up our Bibles, we will see wonderful things in it. And I pray, Lord God, that you will open up our eyes, Lord God. 
and you will cause us to be hooked to your beautiful commandments in your Bible. That when we open up the Bibles, we will be so, you will kindle such a love in us for you, Lord God. Church, I want to invite you to make a commitment. If you've never really taken your Bible seriously, but this year you want to take it seriously, can I invite you to rise to your feet? Stand up. It becomes your commitment between you and Jesus. Now, I don't need to see people standing up, but this is between you and Jesus. If you, if, if you want to stand up, stand up, right? Because that's the instruction. I, it's not for me to see. It's for Jesus to see. If you want to take your Bible seriously this year, then rise to your feet right now because Jesus is going to do a work when there is a desire in your hearts to be hooked to the book, then He's going to cause your eyes to be open when you read it. Amen. And if you're good with your Bible, you're already good with your Bible. But this year, I want to challenge you, grow someone else in their Bible reading. If this year you want to grow someone else with their Bible reading, journey with them. Help them read the Gospel of John. Help them read the Gospel of Matthew. Help them understand the pulpit series, right? Then I want you to rise to your feet as well. Amen. Let us now worship with this song. But as you, as you rise, I, wanna pray, I, I just want to pray, just before we sing, I want to pray a prayer of commitment to the Lord. Father, I thank you for every soul that is standing here today, Lord God. As we rise to our feet, we are saying, Lord God, this year, I want to take your word seriously. This year, Lord God, I want to stand on the word so I will not fall for the world, Lord God. Father, this year, Lord God, I want you to cause my eyes to see wonderful things in your word, Lord God. And I want to, I want to hand my habits over to you so that you can take my life. You can take my nine to five. You can take my five to nine. You can take the rest of everything Lord God that one hour a day I will tie it back to you you will do a wonderful thing with it and you will grow me in 10 years time I'm gonna be awesome at reading this I'm gonna be so grown because you and your hand has been upon me I thank you Lord Jesus in your beautiful name I pray amen Lord Jesus as we as we open up the book we pray you open up our eyes and you leave us astounded. You leave us amazed with the power of your word. Show off your glory so that we will see your glory, so that word will really be made flesh, Lord God. Let heaven invade our lives through the power of your word. So Father, I want to bless this congregation today. Father, use us and use our year. Use our time wisely, Lord God. And may we be so in love with your revealed word that we will long after it, thirst after it every single day. Father, separate us now with your blessing. I pray that the love of Father in heaven, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit will be with us every day till we meet again next week. It will be with us in our Bible reading. So Lord, thank you. Your people here love you. Your people here celebrate you. And all God's people, shout aloud. Amen. <laughs>